Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks for taking time to join us for Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Kerry Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Corn farmers have to be excited by what they're seeing in the markets right now, but in the Texas High Plains, the opportunity to fully capture the benefit of the high prices may be facing a challenge from our weather situation. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. This is Teacher Appreciation Week, May 3rd through the 7th. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. America's infrastructure has been given a grade of C-. Rural America sees the poor conditions every day. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas exports more products than any other state, with agricultural products making up a big part of that. Jessica Domel has more. For the 19th year in a row, Texas is the top exporter of all U.S. states. According to Dr. Luis Rivera, a Texas A&M AgriLife Extension economist, Texas shipped more than $279 billion in goods globally in 2020 despite the coronavirus pandemic. Although agricultural exports were not in the top 10 of items exported from Texas, Dr. Rivera said agricultural products are still a high-value industry. Texas is the nation's top cotton and sheep and goat exporters and is the second in both beef and wheat production. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. South Texas farmers and ranchers are dealing with a very unsafe situation as illegal aliens pour across the border. Dale Smith ranches near Brackettville in Kenny County. He says he can't let his family out on the ranch for fear of their safety. Living out on the ranch, my wife cannot go for a walk around this little loop around here, pushing the shoulder with uh, my kids. Uh, It's not safe. For a while she was carrying a handgun to do it and Now it's progressed to where we don't even feel comfortable with her going out with a handgun just because it's hurting the kids by herself. This isn't a safe or sustainable way to live right now. At some point, something bad's gonna happen to somebody uh, running across the wrong people. Smith says he's used to seeing occasional families making their way into Texas, but now he sees dangerous militia-like forces hauling trucks full of illegal immigrants. This is dramatically different than what we have seen in the past. It used to be you'd see groups coming through and it would be families, uh, husband, wife, occasionally you'd see some kids with them, but it would be people that were friendly that were obviously just looking to try to do something better for themselves. Now it's people coming through in camouflage, full camo, backpacks, uh, cutting fences, 
Um, a lot of the people that are actually out on the highway, they're uh, finding out they're carrying firearms and drugs along with uh, a dozen or so people crammed into a vehicle. You can find more testimonials on our website at texasfarmbureau.org. Corn prices have hit nine-year highs, and that's exciting news if you're growing corn. But Texas corn farmers may still face a very challenging year thanks to the weather. James Hunt reports from the High Plains. Corn prices have continued to rise in recent weeks. In fact, David Gibson of Texas Corn Producers says he's hearing of farmers around the state having already contracted this season's crop at between 6 to $7 a bushel. If we could make a crop, they're looking at a very good potential for income this year that we certainly didn't have three or four months ago. But as Gibson indicated, that potential can only be fully realized if farmers are able to produce a corn crop. Here in the Texas High Plains, our weather appears to be causing some delay in planting and maybe even some uncertainty as to what to plant. Extreme dry weather's got a lot of folks kind of still scratching their head, determining just how many acres they can plant and which crops and exactly the ballots they're going to have on their farms. So we could still see farmers switching some acres to less water-thirsty crops like cotton and sorghum, although Gibson also says corn farmers could produce more silage, which requires less irrigation overall and remains in strong demand by local dairies and feed yards. We'll have to wait to see how things all play out. But going back to the market situation, Gibson says while corn prices are stronger than they've been in about 12 years, things like the outcome of Brazil's crop, whatever moves China makes as an importer, plus any major weather events in our country, could all make things very volatile in the months ahead. And Gibson says you can also throw in a very new development, those expanded daily price limits for grains that have just gone into effect this week on the Chicago Board of Trade. I feel like farmers have got to be real aware of these markets, keep close eye on them, be sure you get some really good advice going through this summertime. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. This is Teacher Appreciation Week, and we commend the hardworking Texas agriculture teachers across the state. Tom Nicoletti has the story. My guest today is Ray Pianzik. He is executive director of the Agriculture Teachers Association of Texas, based in Austin. And Ray, thanks for being with us today. You bet. Teacher Appreciation Week, we need to commend all those uh, uh, hardworking agriculture, food, and natural resource uh, teachers that uh, teach uh, agricultural uh, courses and studies uh, to students across Texas. Definitely. They're a, a very hardworking group of teachers, for sure. Now, are Texas schools looking for uh, ag science teachers right now, Ray? Well, yeah, and we have a little over 1,069 ag science programs in Texas, so it's always expected that this time of year that they might have open positions because this is the time when teachers begin looking for jobs that maybe better suit them for, from a teaching standpoint or maybe getting closer to family where they just might might feel more comfortable in the community they grew up in. And then districts are also making decisions um, if the teachers are a good fit for what they want uh, for their program uh, and what they might be. And we're also seeing a lot of new positions being open now uh, where teacher units are being added, as well as new programs being created. Uh, Keen ISD near Cleburne uh, just hired a new teacher, and it's a brand-new program. Prairie Lee, which is near San Marcos, a very small school district, uh, they just hired a, 
a, a teacher for a program that has never been there. So it's it's that time of year for ag teachers to start getting hired, just like any other teachers getting hired. Sure. You know, teachers making decisions. So Now, uh, is the number of open teacher positions currently uh, different from in years past? Actually, no, it's very similar. Last year at this time, we had about 85 positions open. There's been some summers where we've had over 200 positions. So we really don't see our, our number just as, as kind of normal um, because we know ag science programs are going across Texas. So um, we're excited that there are new positions being opened. Uh, so this is pretty normal to have, you know, 70, 80 positions, you know, across Texas being open at this time. Okay, and so that normal uh, number is what you would uh, what you would see year to year. So that's a, a small yes. amount, but yet it's a, it's yeah. a normal amount. Yeah, because in reality, that's probably like less than three percent of the teachers that we have in Texas, since we have over twenty three hundred ag science teachers in Texas. That is Ray Pianzik. He is executive director of the Agriculture Teachers Association of Texas. This is Texas News and Views. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. America's infrastructure is barely making the grade, and rural Texans see that every day. Gary Joyner has more from Waco. The American Society of Civil Engineers gives a grade each year to America's infrastructure. This year, our infrastructure got a C-. It's the kind of report card that makes you nervous to bring home. Examples of infrastructure include transportation systems, communication networks, sewage, water, and electric systems. A grade of C- doesn't instill a lot of confidence, and rural America sees the poor conditions every day. The engineer's report found 42% of our bridges are at least 50 years old, and 7.5% of the bridges are structurally deficient. To put that into perspective, over 178 million trips are made across structurally deficient bridges in America every day. Along our rivers and streams, nearly 40,000 miles of levees protect our communities and farmland. Waterways are also essential to moving agricultural products to major ports. The engineers gave our inland waterways a D+, estimating nearly $7 billion in backlogged projects. There's a lot of work ahead, and Congress is discussing. Rural communities and farmers and ranchers deserve more than a barely passing grade when it comes to infrastructure. We can do better. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. A critically endangered species is recovering in Texas. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And there's a new equine virus affecting foals in Kentucky. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. 
There's a new equine virus affecting foals in Kentucky, and it could soon make its way here to Texas. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd takes a closer look. Rotavirus is a common cause of diarrhea in foals, and there is a vaccine given to the pregnant mares to provide immunity to the foal through the colostrum. However, they are now reporting a new rotavirus that is affecting a lot of foals in Kentucky. And since this is a new virus, the old vaccine is not effective. And since this is a different virus and not just a different strain, diagnosis has been delayed. Dr. David Horohov with the University of Kentucky indicated in the Blood Horse publication that horse farms in central Kentucky started seeing a significant increase in cases compared to past years, indicating the rotavirus vaccine was less effective. Foals usually develop diarrhea at 7 to 10 days of age and can dehydrate rapidly in just a few hours at this age. So a vet should examine these cases with significant diarrhea. Research is ongoing on treatment and prevention of this new rotavirus, and funding has been received from multiple sources involved in the thoroughbred industry. The research is examining the foal's gut environment to improve the understanding of neonatal gut bacteria and the effect of antibiotic treatment, as well as the use of probiotics in treating these foals. Dr. Horohov indicates a new vaccine will need to be developed, and this will take a period of time. If it was only a different strain or mutation, a new vaccine could be made quickly, but not since this is a completely new virus. This requires relicensing and FDA approval, which requires at least a year. The new virus does not seem any more deadly than the old rotavirus, but still costs a lot in treatment and labor and added stress on the foals. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A critically endangered species is recovering in Texas. Jessica Domel tells how in today's Wildlife Report. After being reduced to only 13 males in 2018 after Hurricane Harvey, the critically endangered Atwater prairie chicken is recovering in Texas. According to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, there are now an estimated 178 Atwater prairie chickens in the state. That is the largest the endangered bird's population has been since 1993. FWS attributes the growth in the prairie chicken's population to decades of protection and conservation efforts. John Majera, the Atwater Prairie Chicken's National Wildlife Manager, said the remarkable recovery is a testament to the strength of the recovery program and the Atwater Prairie Chickens themselves. He said it demonstrates that the birds still possess the potential for the sort of population growth that is needed to make recovery possible. More than a century ago, there were up to a million Atwater prairie chickens in Louisiana and Texas. But because of habitat loss due to woody species invasion and land conversion, the chickens' population disappeared from Louisiana early in the 20th century. By mid-century, the bird's population was struggling to hang on in Texas. Atwater's prairie chickens may now be found in the wild in only two locations in Texas, the Atwater Prairie Chicken National Wildlife Refuge in Colorado County and at a private ranch in Goliad County. Captive flocks of about 150 birds can be found at Fossil Rim Wildlife Center, the Houston Zoo, the Caldwell Zoo, the Abilene Zoo, and the Sutton Avian Research Center in Oklahoma. This year, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has distributed nearly a million dollars in grant funding to those facilities to support the next three years of the prairie chicken's recovery. The Atwater's prairie chicken is an endangered grouse. It is unique to Texas and Louisiana's Gulf Coastal areas. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. 
It was another record day in the corn market with the July contract hitting the highest price we've seen since 2012. However, that caused a big drop in the cattle market. We'll take a closer look at all the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It was another big gain in the corn market on Tuesday, but that pressured the cattle market lower. We'll check those corn prices in just a moment. First, let's start with cattle. June live cattle dropped 227, 113.02. August down $1.72, 116.62. October live cattle down $1.20 at $121.75. The corn market hit the feeders especially hard. May feeder cattle down $3.30, $129.75. August feeders down $3.62 at $143.17. September feeder cattle down $357, $145.60. Cash fed cattle market saw some trade on Tuesday. We don't usually see that during the week, but we did have reports of live sales up north at 117 to 118 that's one to two dollars lower than last week however here in the southern plains we had sales reported at 119 that's steady to a dollar higher compared to last week the boxed beef market just continues its climb same story every day choice up another dollar 41 it closed at 300 dollars 71 cents Select up 92 cents at 284.71. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. They had a cattle sale this last week in Caldwell. Let's go to Carl Herman and see how that sale went. Carl, how many noses did you count? Had uh, almost 600 yesterday. Uh, had over 100 cows and bulls. Uh, slaughter cows 35 to 74. Slaughter bulls 65 to 96. Stocker cows 600 to nine and a quarter, and the pairs 800 to 1200. Two to three weight steers brought 166 to 175. Three to four weights 150 to 182. Four to five weights 145 to 163. Five to six weight steers brought 135 to 150. Six to seven weights 120 to 136, and the seven to eight weights 120 to 128. On the heifers, two to three weights 140 to 155. Three to four weight. 135 to 148, 4 to 5 weight heifers, 130 to 154, 5 to 6 weights, 115 to 135, 6 to 7 8 weight heifers, oh, dollar to dollar 19, and the 7 to 8 weights, 91 to 115. You know, Larry, the uh, calf market was uh, surprisingly good and steady yesterday. Uh, the board's been going down all week. Yesterday it went up and then it went down as much as it went up. Kind of concerned about uh, the way the calves are going to sell, and I thought we got along pretty good. What do we know for next week? I've got uh, one deal of 50, another deal of 35. So that's a pretty good start for next week. Tell everybody how to contact you. Okay, my number is 979-820-5349. Call a barn, 567-4119. And for the Giddings and surrounding area, call Max Ebner. 
540-8676. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Larry. Neighbor, that's it for Walking the Pins. I've been your host. My name's Larry Marble, and we're a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day to you, my Texas farming and ranching neighbor. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs continue to climb higher. The May contract up 45 cents, closing at 111.15. June hogs up 90 cents, 113.55. Class 3 milk was mostly steady. April milk unchanged, 17.64. May milk steady as well, closing at 1904, 100 weight. The cotton market saw a heavy sell-off at the beginning of the session. We saw some rain in the Lubbock area overnight. That caused traders to come in and sell the market. However, we had a fairly nice recovery, although we did end up closing lower for most contracts. October cotton down 35 points, 86.67. December cotton down 14, 85.06. The grain market saw a lot of action. First, we'll start with the wheat market. It got a lot of spillover support from corn. July Kansas City wheat up 10 and 3 quarters, 699 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat up 8 and 3 quarters, 726 and 3 quarters. Now to the corn market, which was making all of the headlines on Tuesday. Continued concerns over Brazil's crop. The next 10-day forecast shows above normal temperatures there, further compromising corn yields during the pollination phase. Stonex also dropping their latest Brazilian corn production estimate. All of that combined to move prices higher. The May contract up 12 and a half, 744 and three quarters. September corn up 18 and a half, 610 and a quarter. December corn up 17 and a half, closing at 580 and a half. In the energy markets, June natural gas was unchanged, 297. June crude oil up a dollar 21, 6570 a barrel. The financial markets mixed with the Dow up 19 points, 34,133. The Nasdaq down 261 at 13,633. The S&P 500 down 27, 4,164. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. As always, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.